Thanks for joining us here at AG Kolkata. We are the church for the open arms and we serve in the city of joy, Kolkata. It is our desire to reach out to those in need and to be instruments of effective change in a hurting world. If you like to learn more about us, you can simply go to www.agkolkata.org. We hope that you'll enjoy today's message. Our prayer through this year has been Holy Spirit breathe on us. Let's say that together, okay? It's a prayer. Holy Spirit breathe on us. One more time, every single person, every warm body in this auditorium. Holy Spirit breathe on us. And this prayer has taken us on a voyage of discovery concerning the Holy Spirit. One year of Sundays, almost uh, every Sunday, we have learned about the Holy Spirit, that he was active in creation. Through the Old Testament, he was active in worship, leading people to worship. He, will, he will inspired the prophets. We have the Old Testament today because Jesus, uh, the Holy Spirit, inspired the prophets in dreams and visions. And then we turn to the New Testament and we studied or we understood the person and work of the Holy Spirit, who he is, what he does. We saw how the Holy Spirit works in the life of Jesus and in the life of God's people. So I trust, at least those of you who attend here regularly, have grown in our understanding of the Holy Spirit. If you, didn't know, if you didn't know before, now you know what it means to be born again by the Spirit. Better still, if you were not born again and you were, became born again this year. What it means to be filled with the Spirit. Have some understanding of the gift of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. And how the Holy Spirit works to transform individual lives from within. And how He impacts the community of God's people, all of us together. And our witness to the world, how he empowers us for witness. And then, what place will he have? What role will he play in the future kingdom age? But today, on this last Sunday of November, we end this series. And although the series has ended, I pray this will be the beginning of a lifelong journey with the Holy Spirit as friends. Amen? The series may end, but I pray your journey will not end. And so today in this concluding message, it's basically an attempt to remind you of what is important. Everything that we have preached from this pulpit, different ones have spoken, is important because it is from God's Word. But just to summarize, something that I hope will stay with you for a long time. And before I do that, let me just turn you to a work, to, to a, the word of God in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, 18, 25. Uh, and read it with me as it comes up. As you can see, I'm quoting selectively. Let's read it together. So I say, walk by the Spirit. Turn to your neighbor and say, walk by the Spirit. Come on, come on. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. But if you are 
led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. You find all of these action words. Walk by the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. And all these expressions imply something. You know what that is? It implies that believers, those who name the name of Christ as Lord, must have an intimate relationship with the Spirit. We must be controlled by the Spirit. Follow the direction of the Spirit. We must walk along the path that the Holy Spirit shows us in and through life. So today, as our ongoing commitment, I want to pick up this phrase, keep in step with the Spirit. It's a key phrase. It's a key phrase. What does it mean? I want my friend here to come up. Give him a hand, folks. You know why? I'm only using this as an excuse. Folk like this, when you see them uh, with, uh, you know, with these wires and microphones and all, they are behind the scenes, up there in the, in the media booth and here, but they help make things work. Really appreciate you, brother. Okay. Now you're going to help me to explain what it means to keep in step with the Spirit. Say it with me. Keep in step. Keep in step with the Spirit. Okay. And I want to try to explain to you what keeping in step means. Now come on, try and walk in step with me. Is he walking in step? Not exactly. Ah, now you're walking in step, you see? Okay. Let me ask you something, okay? Are we walking in step? Okay, come back, come back, come back. The first thing keeping in step means we have to be walking in the same direction, right? That's the first thing involved in keeping in step with the Spirit. Now, okay, continue walking with me. Are we keeping in step? You know why? Tell me why. Yeah, one of us is walking ahead. And sometimes the Holy Spirit wants us to go at a certain pace, we walk faster. Other times the Holy Spirit wants to go ahead and we are dragging our feet. So what's the first thing? We must be walking in the same direction. Correct? We can't be walking in opposite direction. The second thing is we must be walking at the same pace, the same speed. Now there's a third thing. Come on, walk. Come on, walk. Because here we are doing two things. But here's the thing, friends. Come again. What are we doing? Thank you. Give him a hand, folks. You saw what we did in the last action, okay? Different strides. Different strides. When we are walking together, it means not only in keeping a step with someone, we are walking in the same direction, one. We are walking in the same speed, two. Thirdly, we are keeping in step means that we have the same size of steps, of strides. 
Okay. All of that is involved in keeping in step with the Spirit. We walk in harmony. We walk in the same direction. We walk at the same pace. We walk keeping to the same style, the same size steps as the Holy Spirit. So what does keeping in step with the Spirit involve? How can I keep in step with the Spirit? Very quickly, first of all, keeping in step with the Spirit means that we make friends with Him. John 14, verse 25 and 26, Jesus is speaking to His disciples, and you've heard me quote from this verse before. He says, I'm telling you these things while I'm still living with you. The friend... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send at my request, will make everything plain to you. He will remind you of all the things I have told you. This is the message translation, but the word here translated friend, some of you will remember, is the Greek word parakletos, sometimes translated in the English simply, I mean, it's literally we sometimes use the word paraclete. And different versions of the Bible struggle to Translate it. You know why? Because there is no exact equivalent in the English language. The word paraclete comes from two Greek words. Para means alongside. And kaleo means called. So it literally means the one who is called alongside. So you'll see some translators use the word counselor. Others say comforter. Some use the word advocate. Helper. But you know what? Friend is good. It's a great translation. Because it captures all these ideas of help and comfort and counsel and advocate. Who is Jesus talking about? The Holy Spirit. He makes a good friend. Do you know why? The most important qualification of the Holy Spirit, which makes him such a good friend, is because he knows us. He knows you. He knows me. And he knows us because he is God and he's all-knowing. He doesn't just know you. He knows you well. He knows me very well. He not only knows things about me that others know, he knows things about me that others don't know. In fact, here's the, here's the punchline, friends. He knows more about you than even you know about yourself. How can that be, Pastor? Yes. He not only sees your actions, he not only hears your words, he knows not only my thoughts, he knows my subconscious thoughts and feelings. So, Pastor, what's the use of that? He understands me and he understands you like no one else can and no one else does. Got it? See, people, even your closest friends, only know you because of what they see, what they hear you speak. And sometimes, I don't know about you, there's a disconnect between my words and my thoughts, right? You don't exactly say what you, what you want to say. The words come out, you say, no, no, I didn't mean to say that. Too late, so it's come out. 
Holy Spirit knows the thoughts and intents of our hearts. Now, who wouldn't want a friend like that? How many of us would want a friend like that? I want a friend like that. Yes, some of you are saying, not sure. A friend who is always with you at all times. Who never leaves your side. Who knows everything about you. Don't you think we need to know him better? Don't you think we should try to get to know him better? Pastor, how? You know how you get to know a friend better? You know the answer. By spending time with him. Is that all? Yes. But you know as well as I do, that doesn't come easy in these days, does it? How do we make friends with the Holy Spirit? We get to know him better through the book that he has written. Through spending time in his presence. And like this, meeting with others with whom he indwells. Friends, attending a service is not just fulfilling a duty. Attending a care group is not just so that, you know, may God mark my attendance. No, no, friends. When you meet with people who have the Holy Spirit in them, we grow to know him better. Because as he works in others, we learn about how he works and they learn from us. That is how God has designed for us to grow. Jesus promised those who follow him life in all its fullness. He promised a life full of joy, of love, of power, of meaning and hope. But you know what? Such a life is simply a natural outgrowth of an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. There's no way to experience fullness of life unless we grow in intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Some people come to Jesus, give their lives to Jesus, they don't experience the fullness of life. And that's simply because we have not taken the time to make friends with the Holy Spirit. There is no substitute for time in developing and strengthening friendship, is there? Secondly, to keep in step with the Holy Spirit, very simple. Don't make him sad. Don't make him sad. You see, we make friends with the Holy Spirit. And one thing, if he's your friend, I hope you, you're, not a, uh, you know, you're not a sadist. You don't get pleasure out of making your friends angry or upset. If we love someone, we want to make them happy. The Word of God warns us in Ephesians 4.30. Don't, read it with me, please. Don't grieve God. Don't break His heart. His Holy Spirit, moving and breathing in you, is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for Himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. So, Pastor, what makes the Holy Spirit sad? What is it that grieves the Holy Spirit? You know, some things in the Word of God we need to take time to explain. Some things in the Word of God are so simple, so clear, you don't need to add to them. So if you want to know what grieves the Holy Spirit, I want you to read together with me the verses that come before verse 30. And one verse that comes after, okay? It'll come up on the screen. I want everyone to read with me. What are we answering the question? What makes the Holy Spirit sad? 
Listen to this. Read with me. Verse 21 of Ephesians 4. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Hold on a minute. Now from verse 25, you will see all of the things that make the Holy Spirit sad, okay? Verse 25. So, stop telling lies. Now that's really heavy, isn't it? Do you need a dictionary to understand that? 26. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Again, you don't need to be a scholar to understand that. What is he saying? Stop stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Verse 29. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Skip verse 31. We read 30, right? Verse 30 says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't make the Holy Spirit sad. That's what verse 30 says. Verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Now do you know what makes the Holy Spirit sad? Do I have to explain anything? Lying, stealing, anger that controls you. Rather, anger that is out of control. Bitterness, rage, ang harsh words, slander, all types. Of In short, what makes the Holy Spirit sad? Sin. Don't make him sad by sinning willfully. Don't make him sad by making sin a habit. Don't make him sad by giving him to the sinful nature. Don't make him sad by yielding to Satan's temptations. Don't make him sad by giving the devil a foothold in your life. Now here's the thing, friends, and I speak to you as a pastor. Many believers read the Bible, pray, Go to church. We seem to do everything right. But we often do all of that. But inside our heart, we have given the devil a foothold. Pastor, really? Yes. What does that foothold? A bad habit which nobody knows. We keep, we secret, we keep it. We say, God, everything else is yours, but this Lord, let it be, don't touch it. Addiction. Some of us have been offended and we've allowed the root of bitterness, unforgiveness to create not a root but as a tree in our life, in our heart. A tree of bitterness, of unforgiveness. And I could go on and illustrate many other ways we allow the devil a foothold. Some of us are habitual gossipers. We're given to slander. We love to, and by the way, it's not just speaking gossip, okay, hearing. Some people love, what is the, what is the hot news? 
And of course, in believers, sometimes we dress it up in the form of a prayer request. And really, we just want to gossip. Yes, believers. And then we don't have the touch of God upon our lives. We fall out of step with the Holy Spirit when we grieve Him. Because He can't stand it. He doesn't hang around where there is willful, habitual sin. Remember that. He's not just a spirit. He's Holy Spirit. And we wonder why we have no peace, no joy. If you have no peace, no joy today, let me challenge you to ask yourself, do, does the enemy have a foothold in my life today? Kick him out. I said it right. Kick him out. Pull out the root, the foothold. And you'll see the joy coming back. Amen? You'll see peace coming back to your heart. You'll see your heart overflowing with love. Thirdly, firstly, make friends with the Holy Spirit. Secondly, don't make him sad. Thirdly, cultivate his fruit. Cultivate his fruit. For the moment, Hebrews 12, 11, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it, uses, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. You remember me talking about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is evidence that the Holy Spirit is in you. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is a result of the divine nature that the Holy Spirit plants in us. These are days when we are so used to getting everything instantly. We want everything instant. Instant noodles, instant Wi-Fi, instant medicine. And we also want instant spiritual growth. We go to the doctor, doctor says, you know what, you have to come and see me five times, I'll give you five. Doctor, is there one injection? Instant. And we also want instant spirituality, instant spiritual growth. So if somebody on the uh, television or someone in the church says, just one prayer, sub tigo jaga, we'll run. But the fact of the matter is, oh, I, God is a miracle working God. He can and he does work miracles. But most of the really important things in life, things of real value in life are not instant. <clears throat> some, of, some of you mothers who have carried baby in your womb for nine months, don't you wish it was instant? And when the baby is small and demands attention 24 by 7, don't you wish, oh, I wish this guy would grow up instant. Doesn't happen that way, does it? Houses don't come, wham, it only comes in movies, right? You point your finger, suddenly a house is built. A sports star like Tendulkar or Kohli doesn't become that overnight, does he? Many, many hours, years of investment, waking up in the morning, practicing. It's not instant, not instant. Relationships don't develop instantly. So also in the realm of agriculture. It's only a child who will plant a seed and the next day come to see has it grown. It doesn't happen like that. Hebrews here, the writer says, 
for some for peaceful fruit of righteousness to grow there's this world that we don't like called discipline for the moment all discipline seems painful discipline and we don't like discipline because it involves pain children don't like to go to bed early because it robs them of pleasure teenagers don't like to get up early because it robs them of sleep and they have to go to bed early the previous night pain 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 but unless the farmer gets up early during the time of preparation for the crop unless he tills the soil in season if he misses that time unless he faithfully waters the crop or waters his orchard unless he regularly pulls out the weeds that threaten to kill the crop unless he prunes the trees so that the fruit will be healthy unless he does all that the discipline of taking of cultivating his garden his orchard or his fruit he will not get the desired fruit now let me remind you the harvest of crops is still a miracle right the fruit is still a miracle it's not a work of art it's god's work it's god's miracle working hand in nature that makes the harvest come makes the fruit come on the crop, on the on the trees but without the work the pain of discipline no miracle so also in the spiritual realm there are sometimes a person comes and you pray and instantly there's a healing instantly there's a deliverance instantly there's an answer but every problem is not solved by one simple prayer the holy spirit has planted god's nature in us we have all the fruit of the spirit in us love joy peace gentleness goodness meekness you have all of that in you in seed form it's our job to cultivate it everyone should be cultivate cultivate the fruit how do we cultivate the fruit of the spirit study of god's word and prayer once we have come under new management the lordship of jesus the holy spirit takes up residence in us we must put to death crucify our old sinful nature daily yes with the help of the holy spirit expose expel exterminate the sinful desires that continually wage war at in us paul talks about that cultivation killing the weeds pouring the water putting fertilizer so this cultivation of the fruit of the spirit applies to our whole way of life all the choices we make the friendships the people we marry the choice of spouse husband or wife choice of career choice of what we read how we use our leisure time all of these choices everyday choices enable us to cultivate the fruit of the spirit pastor does god want me to only do spiritual things only to read the bible and pray of course not that's not what we're saying here cultivating the spirit doesn't mean you only read the bible and pray and attend services no 
Not at all. Paul writes to Timothy, 1 Timothy 6.17, God richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Enjoy a good meal. Enjoy friendships. Enjoy a healthy uh, uh, sports event. Enjoy a decent uh, you know, TV program. But whatever you do in life, enjoy your work. Cultivate the fruit of the Spirit. This is not just a one-time decision, brothers and sisters, but a lifetime spirit of Spirit-empowered effort. It's a lifetime commitment to cultivate the fruit. You can't just do it, oh, once I came to the altar, I prayed, oh yeah, no. How do we keep in step with the Spirit? Make friends with the Spirit. Don't make Him sad. Cultivate the fruit. Fourthly, finally, join His mission or join His cause. Let me say it up front, friends. The Holy Spirit is in the world with only one mission. Get this. He has come into the world with only one mission. Let me give you two places in Jesus' farewell message where He tells us what that is. Firstly, when the helper comes, he will. When the helper comes, he will bear witness about me. Then again, in John 16, he says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will glorify me. Bear witness, glorify me. What is the mission of the Holy Spirit? He comes to be a floodlight to Jesus. Amen? He has only one purpose, one cause, one reason for being, to be the floodlight to Jesus. He doesn't like to draw attention to himself. He comes to draw attention to Jesus. This starts with his work of drawing people to Christ. That's how he begins his work. We talked about this. That's why, by the way, you and I are here. You and I are here because the Holy Spirit drew us. Scripture talks, uses the word conviction sometimes to describe that. Convinces of our, of our need for Jesus. That's his first role. Then as we come to Jesus, he produces his life in us. As when we are born again, he, is, he gives us new life in Christ. And it is through him that we confess Jesus is Lord and are filled with the Spirit. His presence makes Jesus real to us. And that is why when we come together in worship, it's His Holy Spirit. As Jesus said, you will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. His Spirit leads us to lift His name in worship. Joyful, reverent worship. And the Spirit loves to lead us to worship and He delights in our worship. See, that is why we emphasize worship in this church so much. Words, word of God says, God dwells in the midst of the praises of his people. When we worship Jesus, the Holy Spirit is pleased to manifest his presence in greater power. Not only that, the Holy Spirit reproduces the nature of Jesus in us through the fruit. Empowers us to bear witness to Jesus through the gifts. He also brings all those who love Jesus into a family or community of believers, that is what we call the church. 
You know what the church is? It's not a denomination. It's not a caste. It's not a community. It's those simply defined, the people of God who have joined the Holy Spirit in his mission. What is his mission? To glorify Jesus. Simple as that. What is, what is the church? God's people who are captured by the love of Jesus, who joined the Holy Spirit in his mission to lift Jesus high. So the Holy Spirit does that. He draws people to Jesus. He grows the fellowship. He spreads the fragrance of Jesus. Here's the thing, friends. In short, the Holy Spirit is all about Jesus. He moves us to live for Jesus, to work for Jesus, and to share Jesus with us, others. He is the floodlight to Jesus. Amen. As the worship band comes back on the stage and we bring the service to a close, friends, let me challenge you at the close of this series and the close of this message. Let me remind you, we live in a broken world. All around us, there's brokenness and pain, right? Now, God has given us his Holy Spirit so that we can make a difference to the world outside. Please listen, listen very carefully, okay? In a world of hatred and strife, the Spirit helps us to bring love and reconciliation. In a world of pain and suffering, the Holy Spirit helps us bring healing and comfort. In a world filled with evil, destruction, and death, the Holy Spirit helps us to spread goodness, to build, not destroy, and to dispense life, to dispense life. I want us to bow our heads in God's presence as we bring this message to a close, friends. This is the time in the service where many people switch off. You start thinking about where you're going next. What you're going to do for the rest of this day or this week. I want to urge you right now. Please don't do that. This is the most important time, the service. Where your life can be changed. I want to ask you this morning in God's presence, are you cultivating the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Faithfully? Or is there anything in your life right now which is grieving the Holy Spirit? My challenge to you this morning Right now, as we're in his presence to pray, Lord, I want to be, make friends with the Holy Spirit. I want to join his mission, his cause. I want to make it my reason for being, the cause of lifting Jesus higher. Thanks for listening to this message from AG Kolkata. We hope you would stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram by using at AGC Kolkata. We would love to know how this message has touched your life. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing us at stories at agkolkata.org. 
Hope you have a great week ahead.